Friday night's gonna be alright, it's gonna be right, it's gonna be alright now, baby. Oh, that's one of those classics. Welcome, one and all, to Lockdown Live and Uncut with Danny and Larry. This is episode 18, and we've called it the Minelials edition. Yeah, well, more about that. It's Friday the 1st of May. Friday night is going to be all right. Isn't that right, Larry? Especially for millennials. I can't say it either. <laughs> we'll talk more about it. I was in conversation with a number of people today. And one of the people I was having a conversation with, we clearly knew what word they were trying to say. But what came out was millennials. Yes, more about that later. But yeah, what a day it's been. But more to the point, what a meal we've just had. Whoa. Oh, it Ooh. was rather good, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. Now, for those of you who tune in regularly each day, will know that we cook. Yes, that's right. Two uh, middle-aged guys in uh, lockdown London, we cook alternate days. But we thought it's Friday and we thought we'd have a special meal brought in. But uh, Larry went out and bought some fish and chips. Oh, yes. Classic, classic English um, feast. Or fair. It's the traditional takeaway, but oh my goodness me, it was good. It was well good. And from what you say, Larry, here in East London, it's a bit of a delicacy because I've never tasted anything so damn good of fish and chips because I've travelled around Britain and the world and I've never had fish and chips tasted so damn good as that. No, huge and succulent pieces of fish. And it, well, it was. So the batter was lovely. <laughs> you <laughs> asked for a large fish, didn't you? I did. I asked for that. <laughs> I got very confused because <laughs> I was pointing at the medium-sized fish, and he was saying, "No, no, one large, one medium." And I said, "What do you mean, one large, one medium?" And he reached in and he grabbed this piece of fish, which I thought was two small fishes, was actually one fish, <laughs> <laughs> of which uh, it was I, absolutely I enormous. It was about two foot long. Near it, was, it was. Huge. And I ate it all. Whee! Well, you did slice a bit off I, the I end. Did, I had to chunk you, off the You were being it, polite. Yeah. You were yeah. being polite there, yeah. Larry. Yeah. But I, I wolfed the uh, majority of it, along with half a crate of potatoes. that made up the yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> along with some mushy peas. Ah, uh, mushy peas. Can't oh, beat mushy peas. Can't have a mushy peas. So that was a fantastic meal. But rounded off with some amazing, and ready for this, guys, this is not your traditional drink that people would have with fish and chips i had lots of ketchup as well uh, and that was a we had a bottle of chianti classico from italy <laughs> yes yeah. uh, obviously we only had a glass each so don't worry folks you know we, we we've got you know we're going to have the rest of the bottle with tomorrow's meal because tomorrow i'll be cooking some uh, italian food but it tasted really good you know it's yeah. one of these things People a bit snobbish about certain drinks, certain wines with certain foods. <laughs> what would you normally have with fish and chips? Well, Chianti, of course. Lager. Uh, lager. <laughs> yes, in a, in a uh, wine glass. But no, <laughs> we we had Chianti Classic, and it was oh, it was oh, it was it was gorgeous. Really nice. Tesco's finest Chianti Classic. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, you know for those who know their Chianti Classics or wines from from Italy, it had a black cockerel on it, which means a sign of Really good quality wine, and it did taste really good. Brought memories back of family back in Italy. Sorry, I digress. Yes, Cosa Nostra and all that kind of stuff. But it's been another fun day. So we're ready, ready for the weekend, Larry. Certainly am. Yeah. You, Certainly you, am. you. Today, you, you went on a mega. 
long I run, did. didn't you? <laughs> yes. I, I, I was going to send out the police because I thought yes. you, you were lost because I'd I may done have my to, work I may out have here, have went out for a run, came back, stretched, done my shower, started my writings, the latest book or first book or a book. And you were still out. I thought, where's he gone? Yeah, two hours, 20 minutes of running. But wow. it was it was lovely. It was running all through Wonsted Flats, which is a beautiful part of the world. Did you sort of just go round and round? Because it's, it's a long way, two and a half hours. I mean, I could get round that park in about half an hour, but uh, that's yeah. sort of one lap. There's, there's quite a bit of doubling back involved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and a little bit of getting lost as well. Did, did anyone but jump it, out and say, Oi, mate, you've passed here twice, you know, get back. No, quarantine. no, I did wonder. Quarantine. No. I they did didn't call the police. Have any, have raised eyebrows. They like. didn't call the exercise police. No, no. no. No, I did see a few people that I uh, they, they were out running. Um, that, that I sort of went around the, the block and saw them again. So yeah, it's quite. It was really nice though. It was not wasn't busy. Yeah, and uh, I was able to just enjoy the enjoy the countryside, as it were. Yeah, it's it's Such quite remarkable. It we were talking about people before um, back in the day in our youth, saying, "Oh, would you want to come down to London and whatever?" And the images of London was it's crowded, it's smoggy, it's, it's dirty, and it's grey and it's horrible. But it isn't. You no. know, there are places where it's absolutely gorgeous, and uh, Wanstead Flats is one of those areas. Yeah, East London, it's really nice and very. You wouldn't believe that. You know, well, from Wanstead Flat, you can see the city. So you can see the skyscrapers. You can see the city of London, because as the crow flies, it's barely what three miles away, four miles away. I think it's, it's five miles from from Wanstead to the city. Five uh, miles to yeah, the city, yeah, but yeah. It's, yeah, it's pretty close. It's all, but yeah, there. I mean the Bluebell Wood in Wanstead Flats is is sort of famous, and yeah. people come from yeah. far and wide to see it. It's uh, it it is really nice round here. We we are very fortunate and very grateful that during this lockdown we're allowed out on our daily exercise and we can enjoy areas uh, like that. And as I well, say, well, yeah, actually, a shout out for City of London Corporation. Thanks, guys, because that's the organisation that protects. These places, places like Once the Flats and Epping Forest. Yeah, yeah. So uh, thank you. Yes, it's it's gorgeous. And the, the wildlife here, and uh, w- would we classify as foxes as part of the wildlife? Oh, definitely, they, they, yes. They come out during the day now. Yeah. That's how brave they are. They don't hang about. You Bold know, as so brass they are. Every, everybody's in their lockdown, in their homes and flats and houses. So the foxes ain't, ain't daft, are they? There's no flies on them. They know when it's safe to come out, and they're out. I've seen them out in the mornings, in mid-afternoons, in the yeah, sunshine. sunbathing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One did have a sit-down in front of our flat and was just just having a sit-down and a sleep yeah. and, and eventually yeah. moved on. But, yes, it's, it's really good to see. So today's podcast, it is Friday the 1st of May. Yeah, welcome. It's May now, finally. So we've had a full month of lockdown and some. Because uh, we did lock down back in March. I'm, I'm sure Larry will quote me the exact date. But it's uh, six weeks now we've been uh, uh, in lockdown. And our routine that we do, if we do have a routine, it's sort of different from day to day. But what we're going to go through is um, have a bit of fun with what's been happening in the news. So I did watch the six o'clock news before uh, coming on this. So it's always evening time. We've always had something to eat and drink. And it's at the end of the day that we do our podcasts. And it is uncut as we say uncut so what you hear is what we're recording there's no bits edited out or whatever so the music is just played from my uh, phone from uh, the youtubes or whatever so that was friday night's gonna be all right which was from fame uh there was a series back in the 80s for some of you minnellials that uh, weren't born then um (laughs) 
Sorry, I can't help but laugh when I hear that word. Manilials. Oh, yes. Well, I think we might have to uh, trademark that word. But yeah, for those Manilials that weren't born in the 80s, it was one of those classic songs where even then we, we have what we call social media influencers or flatulences, social flatulences, whatever they want to be called. People who want to become famous. It was the same in the 80s, but we didn't have the internet in the 80s. It was just TV and people wanted to get into musicals and be singers and dancers. That's how they saw their fame. Whereas now you can become famous just by sitting on your fat ass and just taking photos of yourself and posting it on Instagram and all that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, or now it's TikTok, isn't it? So, um, yeah, fame. Who wants to be forever? We all want to live forever, don't we? So the routine as such. Tonight we'll be going through some of the things through the news. And then we'll talk about the new normal. More things that are coming out, what we believe will go on to the new normal. We'll also give a quick mention for, uh, we'll call him Colonel Tom now, because he's Honorary Colonel, um, who was 100 yesterday. So now he's 100 plus one day. So congratulations, uh, Captain Tom, he likes to be referred to. We'll keep Captain Tom. So I'll jump into some of the uh, the uh, day's news. And there is some good news. We'll start off with the good news. And then we'll start having some laughs at some things. How did it ever get to the news? So the good news yesterday, um, the press had been hammering the government big time regarding the testing that we're going to do in the UK. Mm. And I think at the time when they made the announcements that the target for the government was by the end of April, they will be doing 100 tests a day. And at the time, I think it was 20,000, 22,000. And of course, the press were having a good old laugh, weren't they? As they do. They, they like having a good giggle, don't they? Well, they love a target, don't they? Yeah, because they love they, a target. They, they, so they, they, they were it. hammering them every day. So it sort of brought echoes back of London 2012, where the press hammered the London Olympics organisers every day, right up to the launch of the uh, Olympics. And then all of a sudden, they had the opening ceremony and the press all of a sudden realised, oh, shit, they've actually done it. It's going to be good. And it was the same yesterday. Not the just good, it's going to be yeah, amazing. It was effing awesome. Yeah, the London 2012 was effing awesome. Where were the press coming back and apologising for all the stress and trauma they caused since, I oh, think, 2006, yeah. 2007, yeah. when it was awarded? So, yes, and in the same way, they had the whole month of um, April banging on. You're not going to hit it. You're not going to hit it. You're miles off, miles off. Not only did they hit it yesterday, they'd done 122,000. Yeah, but again, the press couldn't help themselves. They said, oh, no, that's not test completed. That's test that you sent out. Well, wasn't that the whole point? Was we send the tests out. We're going to get them all back. So they sent out quite a lot. So the idea was to ramp it up, which they did. So well done to everyone involved in that great success. So the, I'll get back onto the talks. I've got a note here about stress getting back to work, but we'll, I'll, I'll talk about that. But it was... One of the things I saw on TV before the news came on, and they really are desperate, desperate to do things on television. And I did see an article yesterday that the ITV, I can't remember the guy's name, but he said he's had enough of zooming their TV shows. He's had enough. He says it's not working. It's not what we want. Uh. So what's he announced? They're all going to go back to the studios and film these TV shows in the studios without an audience. Because yeah. he said the format's not working. With a crew all socially distanced. Yeah. So it's not that easy. What planet is this guy from ITV on? And all TV companies, I'm sure this is going on all over the world. All over the world. 
do these people not realise there are millions of people who've lost their jobs? They're not working. They don't have a choice. Can you not just stop and go home? Yeah, go home and do nothing. Yeah, like everyone else is doing, staying in their homes, uh, pr- providing the stuff. So, before I go on a proper rant, what are these people are doing now? That on the BBC I saw. Let's laugh. Their channel is let's laugh like it's still 2019. Right, okay. That's that's their premise. So I what they're doing... They're, no, 2019 they're, yeah. wasn't that much of a barrel of laughs, I know, was it? exactly. I mean, seriously. <laughs> There's God. definitely better years. How creative and imaginative are these Muppets? Seriously. Come on, TV media people. Wake up. You're supposed to be creative. You're about as creative as my little fucking toenail. So uh, wake up. Vintage comedy. Yeah, so they're digging up their old stuff. So at least they're not going into studios and trying to create new comedy, where for the life of me, I don't think they creating a new comedy is anyway you know michael mcintyre and all that dross that's not comedy that's just observational commercial celebrity trash not real comedy like we used to get back in the vintage days so uh, yeah the bbc have tagged someone they they do uh, the vintage comedy show 2019 but that guy itv get an f in life will you mate you know and as for you oh we've had enough of you know doing the um Oh, what's that show that they have at lunchtimes every day? Loose Women. Loose Women. Christ. I mean, what kind of show is that that people need? This morning, someone sent me a clip on this morning. We don't need Loose Women, no. Yeah, we don't need Loose Women. I think people who make Loose Women would argue actually need Loose Women. Yeah. It's just a form of entertainment. This morning, they they do it by Zoom. And so you've got um, Holly Willoughby, Ollaby Bollaby is in one room. And then you've got, um, what's his name? Um, Phil Schofield in another room and then you got a chef in another room the chef's um, apron caught fire now because they're all on Zoom they could see behind him that the apron was on fire he says put that fire out put the fire out he wasn't he, wearing it then no he wasn't wearing it he <laughs> left it he left it on the, the hob and it, <laughs> caught, and it caught fire yeah so why are you people persisting with these knob shows seriously switch it off and let us all just carry on oh. but i must guess i'm guessing that does some sound funny i'm gonna have to watch that again i'm guessing some people must be still watching it but call me an old cynic if you want but my reasoning you're why an old I, cynic yeah my reasoning why that that tv producer or the head of itv has said this format isn't working is because nobody is watching it anymore no, and they probably won't watch anything you put we on don't instead. Watch, we don't watch any TV. I don't think anybody's watching it anymore because they've suddenly realised when they're in lockdown, when they're at home, they actually find better things to do than watch TV. Yeah, they do They do stuff that they're interested in. They're, yeah. they're cooking and they're hobbies yeah. and yeah. they're sewing and they're knitting and playing games with the kids. And when they want to watch something on TV, they probably watch Netflix or Amazon to watch yes. a, a good good movie so who knows after all this lockdown we just don't need the telly why why do we why do they think we need television well it's their job oh tough yeah it's a bit like if you manufacture maltesers and nobody wants to eat them anymore you could be the head of maltesers sorry mate your job's gone mate nobody wants to eat it anymore goodbye no jobs go and find something else we all have to understand that sometimes you have to find a new job yeah yeah. so so that was one of the giggles One of the giggles, the other giggle, which we have every day, don't we, Larry? It's about the sports news. Yes, today's sports news. What what sports news is that then? Well, <laughs> honestly, Dan Roon must be really working hard. Um, 
and, and I'm sure all other sports news presenters is apparently there was a meeting today uh, uh, to, to discuss what they're what they're thinking of doing for football, taking it forward, uh, and that was it. There was no discussion of what was discussed in the meeting. There was no discussion of who was in the meeting. There was no discussion of what the outcome of the meeting was. There was nothing. They just said that there was a meeting. Okay. Fantastic. Well done. That's great well news. That's that. really, so, really interesting and informative. Yeah. Meanwhile, on other informative news, um, there was about children and virus. And uh, the reporter on this was talking about, I t- I can you tell I have a fun time watching the six o'clock news? Good grief. Who watches this stuff every day? So I'm only watching it purely for this podcast, purely for your entertainment. Maybe we should do like, have I got news for you comedy show? We could do, what the fuck are they talking about on the news at six every day? But that wouldn't make much of a show because it's the same dross every day during lockdown. So maybe they should switch themselves off every day. But going back to the story, children and virus. So as certain countries, the schools have gone back. I don't know if you knew that, Larry. But uh, what schools? In, yeah, schools in uh, Denmark, Sweden. Oh, sorry. The okay. Ki- the kids have sorry. gone back to school. Iceland, uh, places like that. You know, so the kids are back in school. Not all of them. Not all of them, no. But they're they and they're social it. distancing, they so they're following the rules. It was all phased in, yeah. so they're talking about obviously phasing in the schools here in the UK. Well, as that's well. great. We can learn from that. Yeah. So, they're, what they're trying to work out is uh, because it the COVID hasn't affected children. I think there might have been one or two deaths in the world, um, not many at all, um, and they did show some surveys. So, joking aside, there was some some research, but they wanted to prove. If if children get the virus, how they're affected and can they pass it to adults? That was the story. Yeah. Yeah. What they've shown is in Iceland, I think they tested uh, hundreds of children and none of them were affected by the virus. None of them. Uh, I think in Sweden or it might be Norway, they tested uh, thousands or it might be in China. They tested thousands of children and 51 percent had mild symptoms. 38 had a certain amount of symptoms, a little bit higher than mild. So they had the virus. Yes. But they weren't affected. Weren't affected. But they can pass it on. I'll come on to that, Larry. You see, you're asking that key question. Hold on, hold your breath now. You see, uh, we, d- we didn't discuss it with uh, Larry beforehand. So um, he's, he's asking the right questions, which you'd think that the journalist would do. But anyway, I'll come on to the last bit. The rest were unaffected completely. So... So the question raises in terms of how kids are affected different countries. It's different for, you know, Iceland was quite extraordinary where zero were affected by it. Now, you can come up with all whys and wherefores, but the story was, is do children carry the virus and can they pass it to adults? The conclusion was, and the journalist said this, scientists, and I have to quote, unquote, I have to write it down, scientists do not have the answer. Right. So what was the point of that article? I Hello? Don't, I don't know. But I think Are you just talking about nonsense just yeah. to fill the time on the news per- again? My personal perspective on this is it's a bit reckless to let children, uh, expose children to getting the virus if it means it's going to kill the nan. Yes. Yeah. So it, it's not really much comfort that the child got the virus and didn't have much in the way of symptoms if it killed the grandparents. Yeah. But the conclusion was, Larry, is that scientists do not have the answer. They can't well, prove... They need to find out pretty yeah, quick, damn quick, they don't they? they can't... My understanding... And, and in which case, if we don't know, why are we not? Why are they not keeping the kids away from school? 
Well, what can I say, Larry? What can I say? I the whole the whole article was a complete nonsense. Yeah. Um, but there was one article that was really useful, and word is getting out. We keep using this. Um, I nearly said four letter, but it's a five letter word. I'm just counting them up here, and uh, we we talked about it s- explicitly last Sunday, but we have mentioned it a number of times over the podcast in terms of people who were impacted. There's a certain demographic type of people who the COVID clearly impacts from what we've seen on TV. 100% of them who've had it quite severe and recovered. We have to add they have recovered because um, what they have now on the daily news is a random member of the public who's recovered from COVID. And uh, there's, a, there's a common thread of those who've had it quite serious and then they recover. Um, for those who get it and become serious, obviously there's a demographics of they're older or they have underlying health conditions. But there's this other one where they seem to keep persisting that there's there's no underlying health condition, but they clearly do when we see them on TV. So there was an article today that they were talking about the deprived areas where more people die in deprived areas than affluent areas in London. So they were using, they always go to the Tower Hamlets areas, deprived area, and then they talk about Brompton. Is it Brompton? West Brompton, you know, which is West London. Lovely. You know, I, you know, I don't know what it's like out there. I've not been out there that often. But it's allegedly affluent. And the death rate is like 2.5 times more in a uh, deprived area than not. And then the guy went through the list and there was about four health type and he mentioned that word which we've been going on for he actually for the first time ever I've heard on national TV people who are obese they finally use that word people who are obese Mm. uh, more prone to getting this virus or dying from the virus yeah wow so finally the elephant in the room they've worked out that uh, we worked it out weeks ago just by looking at the TV you can see that they're obese you know you don't need a scientist to do any BMI test they're obese okay so um, let's, you know, tell them the facts and get to it. So, but what they're saying is in the deprived areas, people are more prone to be more obese than affluent areas. So it's not the fact that they're deprived. It's the fact that they're obese. So in affluent areas, people are less obese. So are more likely not to get it or will survive from it. So that was the other bits on the news. So it just hmm. seems it's the same old, same old. And... Uh, Maybe one day they'll talk about millennials and uh, how they want to get back to it because this is going to segue into our new normal and uh, we're going to discuss more about the new normal. But what I've been looking at is and the issue and speaking with uh, various friends today and it's a great time having so much spare time is you can talk to your friends, family. Admittedly, it's not face-to-face. It's via uh, Skype. You can Zoom. talk to yourself as well if yeah, you want. Talk, but often I don't answer back. You know, that's the problem. <laughs> That's the first sign of madness, isn't it? When yeah. you don't answer back. But um, but no, so we've been talking about this a number of uh, days. So I thought we'd, we'd bring it up specifically is that, uh, and maybe targeted to the millennials of the world, um, is that uh, they're now talking about unlocking the lockdown. I can't see why they can't come up with a word. Unlocking the lockdown. Surely there's a word. We've got lockdown. Isn't, isn't it just like uh, resuming resuming well, work easing of restrictions easing of restrictions let's come up I with a word but yeah, they seem to want to keep that lockdown word lockdown 
Lockdown phase one. Semi-lockdown. Release the lockdown. Diet lockdown. Yes. Anyway, (laughs) what Sarah was talking about is some people are able to cope more than others. And uh, speaking with one friend is that they believe that there's going to be a bit of a bout of depression. Um, It's it's already going on now. Um, You only have to see what's going on in certain countries where there's still shootings happening. There's people who are highly stressed and strung. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, domestic violence and all that stuff it's, it's crazy so there's a lot of stress going on but there's also the stress of getting back to work um, and we were discussing this where people seem to think that when they start easing that we can all just go straight back to work but there seems to be two camps or there's multiple camps but there's two clear camps and I think the press are playing on this as well they're, they're really playing this they're gonna, this is their next card now because as we ease the lockdown, they're going to, like they jumped on the, oh, you're not going to get the testing done, you know, you're not going to reach 100,000, is that uh, what they're preying on now, and they have a bit of a narrative, is that uh, whilst they ease the lockdown, they're going to have, they're going to go and interview the people who are going to stay at home. They're not going to go back to work. No, nope, I, I think I might die. I'm not going to go back to work. So I'm well, not going to go back to work. <laughs> So there is that there is that risk. kind of blunt approach. Yeah. Yes. So you've got some of those where no, I'm not going back to work. I might die from this, and then you've got the ones who really don't give a shit, and they're just going to go back to work because they're a bit more carefree. Yeah. So, but there's also those that have to go back. Well, they feel yeah. they have to because if they don't go back to work, they have no money. Then there's no money. So mm, there's no going to be a no lot food, of fear no and stress and what the new normal is. And I think there's going to be a lot of, what what I mean, I'm, I, I use the word stress. I think there's going to be a lot of things that people need to be more patient with, a bit more slower with, and think, you know, we've had, what, six weeks of nothing mm. in, in a nice way. Um, you know, for those who are lucky enough to be working from home, they've had something to do. But for a lot of people, it's, it's uh, going to be, home working for their children so doing their tasks yeah could be um you know with uh with their own family so they've been in a confined space for a period of time and they've maybe had something to do for, uh, for a lot of people it's it's no work no nothing lots of netflix or whatever or doing what they do cooking all those other new things learning how to play a piano writing a book and all of a sudden now is oh you can go out but there's that fear which the fear has been instilled in, and we talked yesterday about um, how the travel industry, I'm guessing the travel industry will be the hardest hit of all the industries because people will stop traveling because of the fear of catching the virus, also restrictions on spreading the virus. This is going to be worse than what happened after 9-11, and I remember vividly that uh, working in London at the time, and it took at least three months. It was only like just before Christmas things started to pick up again. Or yeah. it might have been after Christmas. So that was something which was a uh, terrorist attack. It was horrendous what happened, but in a confined area. But it brought the fear of people traveling, travel industry impacted. This one's more serious. So well, the it's stress of getting on a train, the stress of getting on a bus, if, if you stress of sitting in an if office. If you're uh, flying on holiday... Um, if you're on a wide-body jet like a jumbo, there's ten seats across, so the the way to achieve two meter separation is to have one person on the two three seat side rows and two people on the four seat middle row, 
yeah. and yeah. Th- and empty rows between those passengers. So you you're basically r- you've got a 400 seat jumbo and you're going to have about about 100 people on it. Yeah. 80, 80 yeah. or 100 people yeah. on it. What I don't know is if British Airways can run uh, transatlantic flights profitably with only 80 or 100 people on, on a 400-seat aircraft. I don't know. Maybe they can. Maybe they can. And maybe it will balance out because the the small proportion of people who are prepared to travel yeah. will match yeah. up to the capacity that they're actually allowed to fly on the plane. Um, but there's no way we're going back to packed aircraft. It would no, just be... No. We have no vaccine. <coughs> and we'd see, we'd see infections just absolutely skyrocket. Uh, the one thing that Trump got right was was basically killing off uh, the uh, flights in there to the states. Yeah, very yeah. early on, he hadn't yeah. got much else right, but he got that thing right. Well, the thing is, I was watching a uh, interview. <coughs> I don't I don't watch TV, but uh, now and again I jump on YouTube and uh, like it or love it. YouTube promote mainstream media on there as well. And there was an interview with uh, I think it was the ITV Breakfast Show, which is called Good Morning Britain. Piers Morgan and uh, Susanna Reid, and they were interviewing four professors from different countries, trying to get a perspective, and uh, the interview that was on YouTube only had the New Zealand professor and then the the Swedish professor. So the New Zealander went first, because what the press are trying to do is, you know, again, they're pointing fingers at the government, saying, oh, did the British government get it wrong? So they asked, what did you do in New Zealand? And New Zealand closed down their borders immediately. Yeah. So in the same way as you say, Trump at least got something right, is he closed the borders quickly, is that um, what the press are now beginning to do is rather than show these are the numbers of cases who've contracted COVID, this is the number of deaths, percentage-wise it's pretty scary. They're now using the deaths per million, which is what they should have done in the first place, to ease the stress. So they've clearly, someone's had words somewhere, and they're doing it by the uh, numbers of millions. So I think UK is about 250 deaths per million. And don't get me wrong, one death per million is one too many, but I'm just quoting the stats that were given. New Zealand, 12 mm. per capita. Sweden well. have not locked down. Their death rate per million is pretty similar to Britain. So yeah. each country is doing different things. And uh, and and it's different. And you talk. We're talking about the travel industry. I was just having a quick look at. I had an email today from EasyJet because um, I flew with them last week. So they've obviously kept my email address. Uh, not following GDPR, are they? No, I didn't opt in to get their emails. I'm sure someone from EasyJet will uh, contact me. And say, oh, you can subscribe, but I never subscribed for it in the first place. Um, so they're talking about since since we grounded our fleet a few weeks ago, almost all of Europe has been in lockdown. And whilst it gives us all encouragement that some countries are coming out the other side, there's still a great deal of uncertain about Europe. And it's a long, long email, making life easier. They've come up with that uh, every other seat will have a person and then the row behind will have to be empty or maybe two rows behind because, remember, it's two metres. Even if you've got a row of three, so there's a one window seat and one R seat, that's not two metres, No, there should be only one person in that row of three. Yeah, one person in that row. So... The suggestion they made uh, last week was uh, wrong, not following the two-meter rule, but it's going to be tough for them, yeah? Uh, yeah. The, the new it normal is, yeah. is going to be tough. Yeah. So what uh, other, other goodies have we got on the new normal there, Larry? Well, uh, 
the the uh, there's this interesting assumption, um, and it's, it's becoming clearer and clearer that uh, people are increasingly aware of this problem. Uh, that uh, removal of the lockdown is is being seen in a very simplistic way by companies, by organisations who are desperate for everyone to go back to to quotes normal. normal. Mm. So uh, there is the there is the uh, strange assumption that you lift the restrictions and suddenly people are flooding back into the towns and cities wow. and, they're, and they're buying their uh, sushi and their sandwiches and their coffees. I'm sorry, guys, it's just <laughs> it's not going to happen <laughs> because <laughs> the people that... It's not that we don't want the sushi and all no, that. It's just that the people that are flooding will flood back are construction workers, people working in loading bays, cleaners etc etc the highest spending city workers um and with with the high paid jobs will carry on working from home of course they will as far as possible yeah because they're able to function at home and why would they take the risk yeah yeah so which comes back to what i was saying earlier some people say i'm not going to go into my office because i think i might die whilst that might seem a bit extreme yeah it's if a they've bit been able to work it's a little bit They'll continue to work. A little bit less uh, emotional. I think it's a question of, well, I can function uh, in my current role, perhaps go into the office once a fortnight for a meeting. Yep. yep. Um, but even then, you know, you've got virtual meetings over Zoom and Skype. Yeah. yeah. Um, so even then, that's kind of not quite necessary. Although I, I, um, I have a, an example. I have an example of where um, visual cues do come in. Mm -hmm. So I was listening to my son's podcast that he's just recorded and he's podcasting with his Russian friend. Yeah. And I know his Russian friend and I've had no problem communicating with him face to face. Yeah. But it was actually quite difficult to follow what Roman was saying on a podcast because he talks quite fast with a thick Russian accent. Ah, yeah. ah Mr. Bond, but we were expecting But if you're face you. to face with him, you're seeing his expressions. Okay. And the facial expressions give you a lot of extra information about what's been said. Yeah. yeah. And with that gone, it was quite hard to understand him at times, not mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. So I think there's, there, is, there, is a, there is an aspect to face-to-face, um, to -face, which yeah. is missing even from video conferencing. Yeah, yeah. Um, quite often people sit with a window behind them <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like a scene from what, you know, a silhouette. One, of those, one of those interviews with somebody who doesn't want to be identified <laughs> <laughs> is that really you That's there? Right. <laughs> so we've disguised the voice yeah. of this man we who's telling us about the corruption in the organisation yeah. um, and of course then you can't see their facial expressions so it's just as bad as, yeah. a, as a telephone conference anyway so there is uh, there is a basis for face-to-face meetings probably something like uh delicate negotiations on a, for a big contract yeah. it's yeah. a good idea yeah. to be in the mm -hmm. same room um so we will need some face-to-face -face. but largely white collar workers can work remotely in virtual teams mm. Mm. and because they can they will say i can do this i appreciate i could probably come to work with minimal risk or low risk but why take that risk at all well, I could do sort of a journalistic thing, which I often do on these uh, podcasts. So I'll bounce it back and say, maybe some people like just the social interaction in the office. You know, the uh, chatting around the water cooler. Well, exactly. So that's, coffee, but that's their know. decision, isn't it? Yeah. I, I would imagine they're in a minority. Not, 
not a minority in enjoying the social interaction, yeah. but a minority in feeling that it's more important to go in for the social interaction than to stay at home and avoid the risk of catching COVID-19, which yeah. is a da- dangerous and nasty virus. It's, it's horrible. It's horrible. So it's, it's a good point there. And, and obviously coming back to uh, these, we hope that you're all understanding what we say <laughs> here because obviously <laughs> you can't see our facial expressions, but no. uh, we're having a damn good time here. Yeah. Um, but uh, hopefully you can understand our uh, but British dialects. But it's, gonna, it's uh, quite interesting, talking. isn't it? Because yeah. we're going to have this, we're going to have this uh, split, this division. Yeah, uh, which, uh, which, which, I, which, which the British are really good at. I really believe, not just the it's British. It's almost a tradition. Not just the <laughs> British. I did see the division, and this is where the press I, confirms I know that they're going for, they're going gung-ho. They love to divide people. They like to be divisive. So there was an article I read yesterday, and it was Mark Zuckerberg and who's the Tesla owner? Oh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk. So it was... Elon Musk has a certain view about lockdown and Mark Zuckerberg has a completely polar opposite view of the lockdown. So here we have the press have dug up, you know, two of the most richest people and they're deliberately stoking Certainly up. the most influential people yeah, they're stoking of current up. times in so tech. So you have one company that is dependent on their staff getting into a location, working on physical items to construct and build. And then you have another guy who's head honcho of an organisation where it's all about people sitting at home on their laptops and phones. So which one do you think would favour the lockdown? Mm. Uh. It's a bit of a non... It's a non-starter, non isn't, issue, it? Yeah. isn't it? It's so <laughs> one guy says we should all stay at home and we should all do what we're told because that's what's really important, save the world. And then you've got the other guy effing and blinding saying why can't my staff go into their factory and work yes we'll follow the clean rules blah 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 and social distance but we need to manufacture the items otherwise i have no business yeah so it just seemed bonk again another bonkers article of nothing you know anyone could tell you yes, that yes yes the outcome you know, of that interview is much as is we expected the bleeding obvious yes yeah so good god honestly can wake up people maybe round off with some some happy, Some happy thoughts. Happy, 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 happy thoughts talk. on the new normal. So when uh, when lock, lockdown is rest, uh, restrictions are lifted, reduced, um, it, it, it occurred to me uh, that one of the organs, one of the types of uh, entertainment uh, facilities that might not do too badly are cinemas, because why is, why is that cinemas? Well, we have discussed the fact that they need to have rows empty and yeah, seats yeah. empty and social distancing, social distancing yeah, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Mm-hmm. But of course, if you think about what's what's normal these days with a, a major cinema release is that the cinema is packed out for about three days. Yep. And then the same, th- th- this film continues to be shown for maybe another three or four weeks and there's about and it's 12 empty. or 15 yeah. people. I, I normally go at the tail yeah. end. Yeah. I think I went to watch, um, yeah. what was that movie that won the... Film Oscar, which I thought was a load of nonsense, having seen the uh, movie *Parasite*. *Parasite*. Yeah. And I think in the cinema, um, this was in London. Yeah. There was five of us in the whole cinema. Yeah. It could have seated, I don't know, how many hundreds. But but the, the revelation I had is that, of course, if you say to the public, uh, the f- in the first three days, you that you, you can only uh, go into fifty seats of the two hundred and fifty seats or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. The people that can't get in that day will go on a later day. Yeah. 
So yeah. what you'll have instead of 250 people, 250 people, 250 people, 12 people, yes, is 50 people, 50, 50, 50 people, 50, 50, 50 people, yeah. 50 people, yeah. 50 people, 50 people, 50 people, and it'll all be the same. For the duration so of the, the same time. So yeah. the cinema, bless their hearts, and I, I, do, I'm a, I am a big supporter of the cinema. Yeah, same here. They'll keep going. Yeah. So actually, I feel quite positive about the cinema. And actually, I, must <laughs> I think I must invest in some cinema chains because <laughs> I think they're going to do a lot better <laughs> well, than, we've, we've than just we thought. Got, we've got the solution, <laughs> haven't we? So And the other positive one. Go or on. do you want to do a positive one, Danny? Oh, no, you carry on. We'll, we'll round off with this positive Well, one. my other positive was, was queuing up fish for fish and chips. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I, I, I was queuing in this great long queue. Uh, but of course, we're two metres apart from each other. Yeah. And I quickly realised that it's just a strung out version of the queue. The of the regular queue on a Friday queue, night. The Friday night queue. It's just yes. a Friday night queue, <laughs> two metres apart. <laughs> and within 10 minutes, I was, I was, was inside making them all. Yeah. So yeah. rather than going so inside and being shoulder to shoulder with someone Absolutely. for 10 minutes. So everybody, uh, you're you know. Two metres apart yeah, for 10 go, minutes. Go and get your fish and chips because the queues are not as bad as they look. And the people out there who are still running their takeaways, their fish and chips, I salute you all. Yeah. And whilst I've not been to Papa John's and there are other pizzas available, I'm, I'm, it's just I'm on the mailing list for Papa John's, <laughs> is they have reopened and bless their cotton socks, they've already started a promotion. These guys who are operating these uh, takeaways in the same way as the health people are on the front line, these people are on the front line because members of the public are going in and purchasing their products every day, is hats off to these people who've continued. And every time I walk by, whilst I think this is only the second time we've had fish and chips from there, is whenever I'm going by and it's at, they're open every day from, what is it? Quarter to 12 until so half past nine at night. From middays, they're open for nine hours, non-stop these guys in the fish and chip and they don't stop cooking their delicious fish and chips. It's keeping people cheerful. Every day. It tastes good. It's damn good. And as they say, Friday night's going to be all right. And I'm just hoping that this music will come on. <laughs> but uh, as a... Oh yes, it's just, I mean, watching this video, it's so 80s, it's hilarious. But, uh, you know, here he comes to culminate to the, uh, the song. Yes, Friday night. We hope you've all enjoyed episode 18. On Friday, the 1st of May, 2020, this has been Lockdown London. Lockdown live and uncut with Danny and Larry. Thank you so much, Larry. Thanks, Danny. And let's go. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.